two roads diverged in the yellow wood. And sorry I could not travel both, and be one traveler, long I stood, and looked down one as far as I could to where it bent in the undergrowth. Then took the other, as just as fair, and having perhaps the better claim, because it was grassy and wanted wear, though as for that the passing there had warned them really about the same. And both that morning equally lay, and leaves no step had trodden black. Oh, I kept the first for another day. Yet knowing how way leads on to way, I doubted if I should ever come back. I shall be telling you this with a sigh. Somewhere ages and ages hence. Two roads diverged in the wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by. And that has made all the difference. Robert Frost. I think Mr. Campagna is going to be, end up becoming a permanent fixture on this podcast because that high school teacher really made an impact. Uh, he was the first person who ever introduced me to poetry. Uh, and even though I didn't understand half of it, I don't know that I understand half of it now, but I certainly didn't understand any of it back in the day. Um, he at least introduced me to it. And, and he pointed out even back then that some of this stuff would eventually become significant if we really gave it some thought. Now, we're a bunch of uh, mainly Latino kids in East Los Angeles, and what the heck does Robert Frost has to say, have to say about our lives? He doesn't, or so we thought. But here I am, many, many years after, looking back at all these poems and short stories and things that, we were, that, that were put in our fragile little minds, and all of a sudden they're, they're making sense. It's funny how when, when I first heard that poem a long, long time ago, I always thought that this, the, 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 the whole point of it was somebody who was at a crossroads and was going to, and, and looked at the harder path and decided to take it because that was going to test him in life or her in life. The reality is, as I read that last line, is the fact that it's a person looking back and putting himself in that old spot of being at the, at the two roads uh, and being at that crossroad and, and realizing that he looked at the one that seemed simpler, looked at the one that was harder or seemed harder and chose the hardest one because that and, and, and I'm sorry, he chose the hardest one. And that, the consequences of that made all the difference. Now, Frost doesn't posit whether those differences are good or bad. He doesn't say that was, you know, consequential from the standpoint of it made my life better. No, it just he just says it made all the difference. Those forks in the roads are paramount to who we end up becoming, but we, hindsight is twenty twenty. we don't know when we're at those points how consequential they are. It's always in the looking back. I was reading something by Steve Jobs. Actually, it was uh, the comments that he made at Stanford. I think it was Stanford, uh, where he was talking about connecting the dots and that how always happens, you know, when, when you're looking back. That you can't plot a course. You just 
figure it out, you know, when, when you're looking back at things. And I think Jobs then was looking back, was, was saying the same thing that, that Robert Frost is. The fact that we stand, we, we happen to be at these places and we have to make a call and we make the one that's the best in the situation that we're in and then we're hopeful. But truly, we will never ever know what the alternate lifeline would be like. See, we human beings, we, li- we, 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 we live our life in a straight timeline. Move from one moment to the other. Um, but and we make choices along the way. Choices that we are aware of, and then there's a lot of choices that we are not. But either way, every single time that we make a choice, we veer off a potential. Right? There was a way that things should have gone, but by mere fact of us making the choice, we go in a different way. We go off on a tangent. But that tangent is our life. Now you could argue, well, maybe the tangent is the way that it's supposed to be. I guess that you can make it. I, I, I believe that there is a continuum and we veer off of it. And there's a real reality out there that we're not living just based solely on the choices that we make. But that's bananas, and I don't know that I have it right in my head. And I'm sure there's some type of physicist out there or super brainy person who's a lot brighter than I am or who has given this a heck of a lot more thought who will tell me, well, you got, the, you got it wrong. Maybe. I concede that. I make the choice to concede that. But... As an everyday person who has to make choices, I also have to live with them. I, I have to make them, I have to live with them, and I have to cope with the ramifications and the responsibilities that come from making those choices. So how does that tie into what's been going on in the last three weeks for me? I've been telling you about the fact that basketball tryouts were going to start with at the middle school. Now, this is my second year coming back as a coach uh, for basketball. Uh, This year, I am responsible for a team of 6th and 7th grade boys and also the 8th graders. So there's two teams that that I will be coaching. For the 8th grade group, a lot of these boys are coming back. They are folks that played with me last year, and they are now returning um, for their last year at the middle school that I I happen to coach uh, at. And then we have a whole new batch of kiddos um, uh, returning or, or, or sixth graders that tried out last year and who did not make it and who are now trying it, who have now tried it for their second chance. And just like last year, I have been dreading this time of, you know, I've been dreading this time because I know I'm going to break hearts. I'm going to disillusion people. I am going to give bad news. And I focus on that because there's a lot of forks in the road there for, for individuals. See, it's, the, 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 there's a lot of virtue in winning. There's a lot of virtue in making it. There's a lot of virtue in succeeding. And, and we'll talk about that at a later date. But today I want to focus truly on the fact that when you don't get your way, when you try your hardest towards something, when you are looking to achieve a goal and you don't make it, then you have choices in your head, a path, you know, different paths that you can go. 
in the, in, in the fact that I am in part responsible for creating those crossroads for young people, I take that very, very seriously. And to a certain degree, I want to know from others who do similar things, other coaches, other mentors who help young people out, is how do you cope with the fact that sometimes you have to disappoint? That you don't give, that, that, that if it's within your power to give or not give, when you can't not give because a person hasn't met a goal or hasn't earned it, how do you coach them through that? How do you guide them? Because there's a co- you know, coaching is not just about, hey, we're going to play basketball and we're going to throw the ball on the court and everybody go out there and make it happen and do what I say when I say it and how I say it. No, coaching is also about how do you deal with the mora- the loss of morale that sometimes happens when, when where our team is not doing that well or when we lose a player that's important where there's disappointment on the court is how do we help people get through the challenging times too. I told all the guys when they first tried out that life is sport and sport is life. That through the course of play at the competitor level, at the team level, that we show or we gleam insights in who we truly are. That That a game of basketball is a microcosm for what life is like. And when you're winning it, and you're winning by a lot, uh, you get to see, to some degree, what your humanity is. Are you going to really stick it to that other team, or will you look at their humanity and think, okay, I'm going to be successful in this context. How do I want to best manage that now? What do I want to? What do I want for the other team? And there's a lot of debate on that. I've I've been involved in some. Uh, I've been involved in some games where that other coach just really wants to. Dig in and you know show the team supremacy and to the to the point that the, the the league that we play in has rules about that and it doesn't allow it to be just runaways. Now you could say, well, that doesn't teach kids about real life because life is immoral and and, and when it's not going your way, it doesn't care. Well, okay, that's right, but we are not. We are conscious uh, beings that, that that have to live in a world together and and and. We shouldn't lose our humanity. We should be mindful that, that, that even in competition that there are, that there are people around us that uh, are hurting. And so we should address that. All right. So there's, so there's that component. Also, when you're losing, though, like are you the type of person that's going to blaze up and, and not let it get down or at least take the defeat in stride and, 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 learn, and learn you know, import lessons from it? What could we do better for next time? What is that going to look like? Or those tense moments when it's right down to the wire and both teams have made it all and sometimes it comes to, you know, it's just, it's by the, a hair that someone wins and one loses. And in the, 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 the sheer highs and lows, they're both worth Something I remember being in big games back in my middle school game, my my junior high days or high school days, and losing by two points. And 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 at one point, it was my shot that lost it, and just the weight of that crashing and and the hurt of having let everybody down. But then coming back four or five games after that, and taking four three pointers in a row and putting our team up by twelve. And everybody cheering you on and, and calling you a hero and replaying those great moments in your head. I mean, though that is, 
that is wonderful and it fills you and it and and I think I've told you guys about this theory that I read upon once that men and it's that's the way that the book was but that men sometimes have these moments these glimpses of perfection in their life it's the first time that they feel true joy or that they feel that they are truly who they're meant to be uh it's just these these moments of sheer perfection where everything is aligned and it makes sense and it's fleeting it 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 happens in a flash and then it's gone and then men spend the rest of their life looking for that that becomes their quest is to get back to it well sometimes in sport that happens it everything lines up and you are the hero and it's the most wonderful feeling in the world so when it comes to all of these young people coming out to try out it is very difficult for me to <clears throat> it is very difficult for me to have to deliver bad news but i take that responsibility with pride and i was told well you could just post the names of the people who made it uh at least for first cuts for the first round of cuts and <clears throat> just uh let them know that way i don't like doing that and i re- again i would really like to know from other coaches or mentors is how do you deal with that because i don't like giving bad news by proxy i like doing it one on one i believe that they have the strength of character to come out and practice i should have the strength of character to look at them in the eye and tell them no or yes that that is owed to them that is that is that, that is part of the humanity of sport too is the fact that when you have to deliver bad news is that you look at the person and you tell them you're not going to make it and have that exchange that to communicate sometimes without words of the fact that yes this is disappointing this is hard nobody likes doing this but this is part of the process of living is the fact that you don't always get what you want hey but if you try so hard you get what you need uh, you don't don't always get what you want but at least a person had the guts to stand in front of you and tell you i believe in that it's the way that i I, and I have tried to imitate that in my everyday dealings on, on on social online. When it comes to Twitter, if you if you go over to look at my handle Hugo's Post, you will see that my face, my likeness is on there. I'm not the best looking guy in the world, but my face is front and center. My name is front and center. And the reason for that is because I have very definite opinion of, on things but i'm not going to hide behind anon- anonymity the way that i the see it too is the fact that one day my children will inherit my collected works whatever recordings i have whatever writings i have whatever i've propagated out to the world my children will inherit a library of that it may give them solace it may not i don't know But a lot of the times when I speak, when I write something, when I jot something down, when I we 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 go back and forth with somebody, I always assume that one day my children will read it. And I think to myself, is that 
is that who I want to be portrayed? Is that how I want my children to see me? Is that how they want me to be aware of me? And so I choose my language. And even in heated conversations, I really, I truly, I do my best to choose my language so that one day my 40-year-old, my 50-year-old, my 60-year-old kid can go back and think, well, that was my father and that's what he stood for. And I would be horrified if they would think, oh, my dad was just a bigot. Or my father was just short-sighted or he wasn't open-minded. I feel that as a parent of future 40, 50-year-olds, that I would be failing them then. Yeah, we all... So, going back to, to the basketball. Yes, I stood in front of a lot of these guys. I stood in front of all these guys and I told them how much I appreciated them coming out. And the fact that this is not an easy process, but that I, that I wanted to be available for questions and whatnot. And what's funny is, and I, we did this last year, is that some of them did come up to me and say, hey, coach, what happened? I thought I did great. Uh, tears and eyes sometimes, or some of them just very stern or very cocky and, and, and self-assured, which has its you know good things and bad things and they said what happened there and so we talked about it and whatnot and i i won't lie I, it's there's a lot of kids that come out and try so i can't give you know super deep insight into everything i mean we i have a, a short season but i did encourage everybody to come out and try again some did some didn't that's a choice and one of them did well there's a couple of them did, but one of them did and he had grown in, in the course of a year. His skill set had improved, and he earned a jersey. And he and I had to talk about that for a second, though, about the fact that he, what, his disappointing, what his disappointment was last year, but how it, it meant to him that he had earned a spot on the squad this year. And there was a teachable moment there. Or we had one, and we'll continue to have one throughout the season. But I'm proud of that. I'm proud of this young man because he did not give up. He made the choice not to quit. He made the choice of getting back on it and go in front of the same guy that did not that didn't cut him last year and and show his face and and make his best effort. And he did, and he earned it, and that's fantastic. I'm proud of that. Then there's some of the other boys who thought they had it in the back, and so they didn't have to try as hard. And then, sadly, they didn't earn a spot. And then they wonder why. Well, it's my job as a coach to tell them, and I'm okay to have those conversations. Now, you could say, well, Hugo, uh, sure, you do that with you know young people, and you know, and, and that's great. But what about the real world? Well, I mean, for them, it's the it's a very real world. So that's why I take it seriously. But I do this. I have done this too in my career. I don't like giving you know bad news over the phone. With my clients, with people that I know, um, I make it my best effort, as much as it's going to suck, to stand in front of a person and tell them what it is. Again, I I, I go by. Uh, you, you know, my thought and my policy on social media. It, I need to put my stamp on it. I need to be able to, for that person to say, you know, Hugo, you're a fucking asshole. I don't like you. This is not a decision that I'm okay with, but at least you have the balls to stand in front of me and tell me. 
No, I'm not confrontational in the physical sense. I really try to be mindful of words, and I try to convey things in such a way that we both grow. But bad news is bad news, and nobody likes to get them. But I am not going to hide under a moniker. I am going to come to that fork in the road without a mask and decide this way is the way that I'm going or this is the way that I'm going. Sometimes I'll admit I choose the easy path. The, the, the path of least resistance is, resistance is easy, and sometimes I need that. At 40-year-old, uh, as a 40-year-old, I need that. But not always. There are times when I put on the backpack and the heavy shoes and go on the metaphorical tougher road because I need to grow as a person. And along the way, I have the tough conversations that need to happen. So what's the point of all this? Well, I guess in part to tell you and to, and to in my head, <laughs> justify the cuts that I've had to make for a basketball season. But more than anything is, we had an election yesterday. We had a midterm election. Uh, today is November 7, 2018. And we all, whatever political leaning you have, we all that voted chose to go to the ballot box and, and, and make our point through the only way that we have in this democracy of what it is that we want. And then, of course, I spend the rest of the evening online looking over the results and talking to people and discussing. I, and I see there's a lot of gloating and a lot of hand-sending and also a lot of justification. And, and this happens every single time that we have this, on the, these types of elections. And they seem to be becoming more and more contentious. My point is this. I am not here to gloat. There are some people that I did not want to win. There are some propositions that I did not want to pass. And there are some things that there are some folks that I was really hanging my uh, uh, hat on and that unfortunately did not make it. I take no virtue in gloating. And if I did online, point it out, let me know, and, and, and we'll talk about it. But I, I am not here to gloat. I am here to say is that we all... You know, we all live on one planet. Shout out to uh, you know one of our my fellow podcast mates. Uh, we live on a planet. Great show. You should listen to it on Anchor and Spotify or whatever the heck it is that you watch it. We live on a planet, but we do all live on a planet. We all share it together. This is the only island uh, world that we happen to live in. And yes, there's many different ways to go about things. But the fact is that we're all stuck with one another. So, as we go about our world, A, why don't we be responsible and own our shit? Put your name front and center. Have the balls, alright, I know it's sexist, but have the balls, have the guts to go out there and tell the other person that you don't agree with, this is where I'm coming from, but do it with your face front and center. Don't hide behind anonymity. If you look at Twitter and you look at my account, it says that I do not engage trolls. I will have a conversation with somebody that I vehemently disagree with, but if they have their names and their likeness, I will gladly have that conversation because they've decided I am going to put my stamp on this. I am going to own this dialogue. But I have no patience for those who hide. 
because they're not honest actors. They're just that, actors. When it comes to that fork in the road, own it. Be your own, you know, be, be your own traveler and meander through life with your likeness in front of it. That's what I'm hoping to do. Or that's what I'm, that's my goal in life. I'm ready to have that conversation. I'm ready to have a heck of a lot more conversations. I think today is a much more positive day uh, because we are starting the process of doing a check in a balance and restore balance to a system for the last couple of years that has been very heavily weighted towards one side. I'm already at 25 minutes or so on this podcast, so I'm not going to keep you guys any longer. I really do try to keep my shows under 30 minutes. Um, and there's a lot that I have to say about this election, but I think that uh, that a lot of it has already been online on Twitter. And also, also I have work to do, so... I'm going to let you guys go here, but you guys are coming all the time, you know, to forks in the road. Don't be in such a rush. Pause at those moments. Really understand the weight of what it is that you're doing and then make a decision and then own that decision. It'll make all the difference.